game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, a wild one in Winnipeg tonight. The Edmonton Oilers lose 7-5 to the Jets. It was 2-1 for Winnipeg after the first period. The teams combined for six goals in a stretch of seven minutes and 48 seconds in the second period. After all that was done, it was 5-4 Jets, and then a big goal by Josh Morrissey with 1.2 seconds left in the second period made it 6-4 for Winnipeg. That would turn out to be the game winner tonight. Leon Dreisaitl with a hat trick, his seventh in his career in the regular season. He got a power play goal to break his own team record for power play goals in a season at 25. McDavid had, uh, well, he actually got two power play goals, so he broke it and then added one more to make the record 26. McDavid assisted on his second power play goal. McDavid sets a team record with 58 power play points in a season. Gretzky had 57 in 81-82. Nick Bukestad scored in his Oilers debut, but despite all that, the Oilers take the loss as uh, Jack Campbell didn't get the saves that he needed tonight. He stopped 32 out of 38. Connor Hellebuck for Winnipeg stopped 30 out of 35 to get the win. The Oilers record drops to 34, 22 and 8 on the season. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Quarter after 8 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. All right, Rob. So Bukestad scored 255 into the third period. That brought the Oilers within a goal. The Oilers had the puck most of the third period. They outshot the Jets 14-6. They had, by my count, four, maybe five grade-A chances and the puck around the net a lot. And Hellebuck kept them out. And probably neither goaltender is going to be thrilled with his game tonight. But in the end, Hellebuck made the saves that he needed to make at the big time. Whether whether it was 6-5, 2-1, or or 9-8, Hellebuck's team was plus one on the scoreboard, and he made sure it stayed that way. Well, through the first 40 minutes, Hellebuck wasn't very good, and he wasn't tested near as much with grade-A scoring chances. Uh, it was a quiet night, and the chances that the Oilers got against them beat him. In the third period, the Oilers did what they wanted to do. When you're down two goals, your first goal, score something early. Put some stress on the opposition. And they did a nice, a pretty play from Shore to Bukestad, back door into the empty net and all of a sudden the Oilers have belief and the Jets where everything's gone wrong as of late there's now stress in their game well now now steps up your world-class goalie and Connor Hellebuck from then on in was outstanding and again uh, it's like a power play that goes 0 for 5 but scores that power play goal with two minutes to go in the game to tie a game for you it's only one for five on the night but it came up with a big goal at the right moment well, Hellenbuck came up with a big saves at the right moment. When the game was in the ba- hung in the balance, the last 15 minutes of the period when the, the Oilers time and time again were getting all the pressure on them, uh, he, was, he was strong. A number of times, you and I, th- okay, there's a, oh, hey, oh, and things that we thought were going in with the Oilers' best players having the pucks on their sticks. Connor Hellebuck came up with his best performance in the final 20 minutes, and the... Winnipeg Jets got two points because their goaltending ended up being better than the Edmonton Oilers' goaltending. 
Well, and, and a very subpar season for Jack Campbell continues, you know, struggling through the first couple of months. He, he had an extended stretch where he didn't play very much. Then it looked like things were getting back on track. He had a, a stretch from January 5th to February 11th in which he won nine consecutive starts. He did take a loss in there when he relieved Skinner in Los Angeles. And in those nine consecutive starts, he allowed three goals or less in every game, he allowed uh, three, four times, and uh, and two goals four times and one goal once. And, and it looked like, okay, he's back on track. He's the goalie that they signed for $5 million a year. Since then, he's uh, now taken five consecutive losses. He lost in a shootout to Detroit and the Rangers, though I would argue in the Rangers game he actually had a pretty good game. Uh, then he allowed six goals in the overtime loss to Colorado. He allowed four against Columbus and got pulled on 14 shots, and he gives up six tonight. Um, I mean, you can debate the quality of the shots, but the good goalies keep him out. The guys who are playing well keep him out. Well, it was two things. The Oilers were not good defensively. Mm -hmm. This was probably one of their poorest efforts in a while, and those things happen. Uh, some nights you need your goalie to bail you out, Campbell wasn't able to do that. And I, when it, when the Oilers signed Campbell and, and we would talk about him, there's excitement because you're getting a guy that you feel is going to be an upgrade over what you had. And he's going to combine with the young kid that's coming in. I didn't know a whole lot about Campbell other than what I saw of him when he played for Toronto. But the one thing that I, I you heard is that his ups were very up, but he would have a downtime and it would be a long stretch where he wouldn't play very well, and then he would get down on himself. And we've seen that this year with the Oilers, where he had a, a tough stretch to start with, and he called himself out a few times. He was more or less relegated as a backup for, was it 14 of 16 or 16 of 18 games, where he just worked on his game, worked on his game in practice, and then he came back and had a really good stretch, and now we're all excited. Campbell's back. Now, I mean, they go into the playoffs, two goalies playing very, very well. And now it's gone back to what was at the beginning of the season. Now, again, not horrific in this game, but not the big save that the Oilers need. So uh, it's right now it's the, the, the games are too important. The points uh, are, are a must that I don't know as a coaching staff if you are trying to find somebody's game anymore. Now I think it's if Skinner gets hot, he plays the large majority of the time. Yeah. And then if he struggles, like I know that Bob and Jack just talked about, well, Skinner gets the rest of the road trip. Well, I don't think that's the case. I think Skinner gets the next game, and let's judge him on that game. And then if he plays well, then he goes. But I do believe the goalie that plays well, whoever it is, is going to start getting large chunks. And I think that's the way it has to go because right now they can win the conference. But if the Calgary Flames win tonight, I mean, they're with it five points within uh, of the others for the last playoff spot. So... Not a good performance defensively by the Oilers and certainly not the saves they needed from Jack Campbell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of goalies say, well, it's... I mean, of course they want wins. I mean, Hellebuck's save percentage wasn't great tonight either, but he got the win. But, I mean, Skinner's 9-12 and, and Campbell was 8-94. Like, Campbell's save percentage tonight was 8-20. So you won't win a game, a lot of games like that no. unless you're, it's... You know, you know, you only have nine shots on goal, and you make you make eight saves. Here, here's here's what I I, I have noticed, and I have talked to some people about this, and you, if I have referenced this before, it seems to me like Skinner is a better 
technical positional technical goaltender than Campbell and and of course Campbell is good at that too I mean they're in the NHL but it seems to me Skinner has more of that technical base to rely on and I brought this up with Gord Stellick uh, on my show earlier this week and you know he covers the Leafs and I said you know it seems to me Campbell relies more on athleticism and he said well look ultimately you you either if, if you keep the puck out it doesn't matter how you do it but he said, like you were referencing, Jack Campbell is is very streaky, mm-hmm. and he had, did have a good streak this year. But for for most part, most of the year, he's been average or below average. And what you want is a team because the Oilers are a very good offensive team. Like I, I, I I'm going to change that. The Oilers are a great offensive team, so they don't want a streaky goaltender. They want a consistent goaltender. Now, maybe the consistent goaltender is only 8.5 out of 10 every game. And the streaky goaltender has 6 at 10, and then he has 6 at 4 out of 10. You don't want that because we know what we're getting offensively. The others, it's a four, the others are a four-goal-a-game team, and they're going to do that every night. So they want a goaltender they can give quality starts on a consistent basis each and every night. And Skinner has done that. Uh, I mean, all goalies have blips. Uh, Connor Hellebuck just gave up nine goals in five periods against the Oilers. But for the most part, and you just, all you have to do is, it's, it's not a small sample size anymore. The Oilers have now played 62 games, 63 games. In those, Skinner is a 9-12 save percentage. And Campbell is an 8-84 save percentage before the game tonight. So that's not a small sample size. Skinner has been the better of the two goalies this year. And... Uh, there's still time to go, but if the playoffs were to start today, probably you'd be seeing Skinner tomorrow in game one. Now there's still 19 games, 18 games left for either goaltender to change everyone's minds, but Campbell has not been as good as late. Mm -hmm. And these are, and the the bigger thing too is these are the bigger games. A game in mid-December, it's it's worth two points, but a two-point game in March with playing against the Bruins or the Leafs or the Jets, that is a much bigger game, and those are the games you want to see your goaltenders stand up and give you the quality starts that you need. Well, and speaking of bigger, Skinner looks bigger in the net. 100%. Though he is slightly, but he's 6'6", Campbell's 6'4", but it's not as if Campbell's hmm. a little guy. It just seems like when some of these goals are going in on him, it, it's almost like he's he's collapsing, he's shrinking away from the puck. I mean, look, I know there were deflections tonight. I know there were a couple funny ones, but... I mean, other goalies have pucks deflected no. on the way in. You know, like, again, they're either going yeah, in or they're not. Eh. Yes and no on that. Yes, the, a deflection is a deflection, and no, the goalie nor the player know where the puck's going. Uh, as far as goaltenders that I hated playing against when I played were the ones when you look at them, you can't see net. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, he just, the way he positionally was sound and he was big, I'm looking up. Now I'm going to, I'm shooting the puck, hoping that he's going to move instead of seeing some net to shoot at. And when I see on TV most of the time, it's harder to see in the press box when we watch the games, but when you see the goals going in past Skinner or past Campbell, you do see, at times, more daylight on shots on Campbell. Whereas on Skinner, maybe he comes out further, the way he sets up up top, he's bigger, you don't see as much daylight. And as a shooter, that intimidates you. Because I'm shooting and I see nothing to shoot at, some players will just pass the puck off or some players will just shoot it at the chest and like, all right, I'm going to go for a rebound. So I agree 100% that in net, even though they're close in size, Skinner does appear to be a bigger goalie. 
All right, Oilers lose 7-5 to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, just to preemptively answer a couple of questions I know we're going to get tonight. Uh, no, they're not going to tra- send Jack Campbell down to the minors. <laughs> I, I mean, he's he's their, he's one of their two goal- NHL goalies. I mean, like Rob said, Skinner will play more. And uh, no, I don't think they tried to trade Campbell before the deadline. I know somebody wanted that to happen. I mean, he's, these, these are the goalies in if Campbell's the backup the rest of the year, he's going to be the backup. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll they'll play whichever goal he's playing better. All right. He is at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Goal column, it seemed like the Winnipeg Jets had a response and an immediate response at that. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, win many games when uh, you give up six goals or seven with the empty net, but, um, you know, we can do, we can handle a lot of situations a lot better than we did. Um, So not good enough today. What areas of the game did you guys kind of get away from that's allowed you guys to see so much success at 5-on-5? Five five? You know, what I saw, I saw some uh, fatigue errors, um, and that's no, there's no excuse. The schedule is what the schedule is, but I saw um, some things that we haven't seen for a long time show up. Um, is that a product of 4-and-6 or, um, you know, 11 and 20 days? I, I don't know. Uh, all I know is that we can handle situations better. And I think, you know, when you get in situations uh, with where the schedule's at, where it's at, that's when you have to trust your structure and play towards a structure because that protects everybody. And tonight we didn't do a good enough job of that. Um, we scored enough to win, but we didn't defend well enough to win. The one rested player you had was Jack Campbell. Did you get a good enough game out of him? Uh, and I would say Nick Bukestad came in as a rested player for us, right, because he had been off for a little bit. Um, you know what, I, I just think uh, our team wasn't good enough tonight. Our- what did you think of Nick Bukestad's debut and just how you were able to to utilize him, his skill set? Yeah, I thought he was a good player for us. Um, you know, he, uh, he we used him in every situation, put him out six on five. Um, he was on the penalty kill, won a big face-off uh, that led to a goal with him standing over the goalie in the blue paint. I thought that was a good sign. Um, gave him a couple shifts up, up uh, with Connor on his line. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was a good uh, start for him personally. Um, and you can see why he's played in the league for as long as he has. Uh, good veteran poise out of him. Jack was very honest in his assessment of his game tonight. I'm just wondering, you always talk about his fire and competitiveness. Did he have a conversation with you saying he wants to go back in for the third, or was that nothing was said? No, no, that's the coach's decision. Um, but, uh, you know, like for me, uh, Jack made some saves in that third period to give us a chance, and uh, that's something that he can take out of uh, tonight's game. Um, but our, our team can be better. How, how did that game end up like that? Do you feel like you got baited into a bit of a track meet? No, I would say that um, if you were going to ask the Winnipeg Jets uh, if they wanted to get into a track meet with the Edmonton Oilers, I don't think that's their game plan. I thought it was a sloppily played game in many regards both ways. Um, you know, I think their calling card would be as a, as a prime uh, defending team. That's what got them the record out of the gate that they, they had. Um, so, you know, I think both coaching staffs look at that game as uh, a lot of sloppy mistakes. And in the end, you know, they found that extra goal, found the extra save, and they found the two points and and we didn't get that tonight 
All right, that's Jay Woodcroft after the Oilers lose 7-5 to the Winnipeg Jets. Well, he said our team, when he was asked about Campbell, he said our team wasn't good enough. Goalie's part of the team. The, mm -hmm. But the team wasn't good enough. No, they weren't. And there, there were other errors. Um, I mean, not that this was the only one in the game, but so the Oilers, you know, it's it's back and forth. Dreisaitl ties at 4-4, gets his 41st of the season, gets his hat trick, and less well, about a minute and a half later, the Oilers' top defense pairing gives up a breakaway. And, I mean, Dar Darnell Nurse can't be higher than his partner who's checking a guy. <laughs> like, Leon Dreisaitl was the farthest guy back, and he was nowhere near Morgan Barron to, to no, chase him down. and that wasn't Leon Dreisaitl's man back right. there. That was uh, – honestly, I don't know where Darnell was going on that. I, I think he just misread what was happening. Maybe he didn't see Barron behind him. Uh, you and I don't do a lot of pre-scouting, but in the – at that point, the four periods that we'd seen that Baron play, we realized he was fast. So you're not going to want the fast guy getting caught behind you. So I think the Oilers players would have known that as well. Uh, it was a misread by Darnell Nurse. And you're right, it's the Oilers' top pairing D-men who uh, have been playing very, very well as late. But you've just made this fantastic comeback. You got the big goals that you needed. Everything's going your way. And then you just give up such an easy opportunity that uh, you just can't, you just can't do that in a in a game that's tight like that. But that was just again, as you said, one of many many mistakes that were made by the Oilers tonight that uh, put a lot of stress on their goaltender, and unfortunately their goaltender didn't handle it as well. So the Jets win 7-5. The Japanese Village Goal Light is on on 630Jet.com. We turn it on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Head there now. Print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. Okay, uh, you heard references to Jack Campbell being hard on himself. Here is his post-game interview. It's true how that played out and uh, maybe how much the mental toughness was tested today. It's disappointing. You know, the guys played great and, uh, you know, I've been working super hard, uh, feeling good going into the games and, uh, you know, just disappointing to let them down and, you know, a couple I want back and that would have been the difference. What's the response look like for you? What, starting now after the game, how do you put this one behind you? Yeah, you know, just try to watch a movie on the plane, look at the tape tomorrow and have a great practice. And I just know I can be so much better for, for this group. And, um, you know, I'm definitely going to keep working to get there. Was there a conversation had between you and the coaching staff to keep you in or was were you just expecting to come out for the third? No, I mean, Stu played great last night. I didn't want him to have to go in, you know, for the third. It's never easy to do that. And I just wanted to uh, keep battling and try to give the boys a chance in the third. But fortunately, that six is a lot to, to try to ask of the guys. So um, got to have a couple more. Yeah, the, when you're in that fire wagon type game where there's a million chances, some goalies like that. Some guys say I got a lot of rubber and stuff. What's it like to be a goalie in one of those games? I mean, it's great to get a lot of action, and uh, you know, frankly, it was it was a fun game, but just disappointing. You know, a couple couple goals that I'd like back. You know, the guy beats me high glove, and uh, Morrissey one found a way to to beat me from the point. So, you know, definitely five hole on the breakaway. So, um, you know, keep keep working on it and I know the results will come but it's definitely a tough one to swallow. You're looking just for a big save somewhere right as a goalie. You just want to stop one that that no one expects you to stop. Is that fair? I mean frankly I just, right now I'm just trying to make all the ones I should have and, and then you know I believe in my, my talent and uh, I think I've shown it 
up until this year and you know the ability to to make those saves that people don't expect me to make and I know it's right there I just got to keep working and uh, I know I'll be there for this team the one at the end of the second looked like you were, didn't like it did it what, did it go off your blocker and in I got to look at it tomorrow I'm not sure like I, I'm not sure it just I couldn't believe it it went in but yeah gotta have it thank you thank you well, yeah, I mean, that was a real backbreaker. 1.2 seconds left in the period. I mean, the Jets would have had about a minute on the power play to start the third, but still would have been 5-4 instead of 6-4. I mean, that there, there were a lot of momentum swings in this game, but that was the biggest one because the Oilers couldn't respond to it immediately, as both teams did in that wild stretch in the second period. But then the Oilers had to go to the dressing room down two instead of one. Yeah, yeah you're right. The, the thing is that, the Oilers did have a quick response coming out of the period. So uh, there's, a, again, a lot of really good things that the Oilers did tonight. Now, those goals in the past would have been real backbreakers for the Eptoners where they wouldn't have been able to respond in the third, and they would have come out in the third and been the second-best team. Uh, they came out and they weren't. The hard part about that goal was now it forced you to have to beat Hellebuck twice in the third period. And they got the one by him early, which, all right, here's the chance. But then he buckled down, and he was the Vezina goaltender that we've seen so many times in the past. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough goal to score because it was one where the Oilers had done a pretty good job. The Jets knew how much time was left in the period. They started throwing pucks on net. And the defensemen did a really good job in front of Campbell. They cleared the lane. There was no Jet anywhere in front of him. He had a clear look at it. I think that's what's frustrating for him is he could see the puck coming in. He just misplayed it. So 7-5, the Jets win it tonight. L a lot of wild plays in this game. 4.56 left. Um, no, pardon me. Where I have so many chances written down. Oh, sorry, no, that was before Bukestad scored. It was still 6-4. McDavid tried the cross-site feed to, to Drysaddle for a one-timer. He got tipped up in the air. Leon Baseball swatted it out of the air. Well, then you'd say what happened well, after yeah, he, that. He baseball swats it out of the air, hits it, and then it goes and hits Hyman in the hand, and then it bounces down on the ground, and then Hyman gets his own rebound, has a hole open net, and Hellebuck somehow gets his leg on it, and the puck hit the pad, rolled right along the side of the goal line, off the post and out. And that was just, as you said, the, the third period, there was probably about six or seven ooh-ah moments where you're like, here's where it's in. Connor and Leon were put together for the entire third period. And I don't know if they saw their own end because when they were on the ice, the ice was tilted and it was tilted badly. And I know that Jack said at the end of the game, the Winnipeg Jets survived this for this victory. Well, I think the survival was every time Connor and Leon were on the ice. If they got out of that shift without getting scored on, okay, we survived. Let's look up. Okay, we're not going to see them for another two minutes. Okay, here, let's go. And then here comes the onslaught again. But yeah, it's... Uh, that was the beginning of a number of grade-A scoring chances the Edmonton Oilers generated in the third period. Okay, you're going to hear from Nick Bukestad, who scored tonight. Uh, Drysaddle had a hat-trick. Yanmark scored shorthanded, but not enough. The Jets win it 7-5. You can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 
Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Off the draw, blasted by Bouchard. Rebound, backdoor, tap in, Nick Bukestad, and it's 6-5. Bukestad in his Oiler debut, pulls Edmonton within one. Well, the Oilers could not tie it up. They lose 7-5 in Winnipeg, but Bukestad, new to the lineup, gets the goal. He's our fourth star of the game for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Here he is. First uh, experience with Edmonton Oilers fire wagon hockey. Yeah, uh, Saturday night. What do you think of it? Yeah, high scoring. Uh, haven't been part of that, a, a game like that in a while. So um, you know, obviously, bummed we didn't come out with the win there. Uh, had a lot of chances, I thought, in the third. But uh, yeah, I knew they were going to come hard after last night, especially. And um, you know, I was just doing my best to try to get my feet under me and uh, you know chip away there. So. Um, we'll take the positives and move on from it. Scored a big goal. It's a Morton goal early in the period when you're down by two like that. And you guys kind of passed it right into the net almost. Yeah, <laughs> I, I almost missed it. It was the easiest goal I've had all year. So thanks to Shorzy and, uh, you know, D-Man got it. I think it was... Uh, uh, Boucher, Boucher, I got to get the nicknames down right now. Uh, but, yeah, he made a good shot, and, um, you know, I was fortunate, so we'll take it. But, uh, you know, like I said, would have loved to come up with a win first game here and, um, you know, move on and keep working towards, uh, you know, get better and better. It seemed like every time you guys found the score sheet, the Jets responded almost immediately. Is that a testament to their willingness to keep the foot on the gas pedal? Yeah, that's a good team. Um, you know, they got a lot of um, good, smart players that, uh, you know, that they responded at the right times. And I thought, uh, you know, we had our big players stepping up as well. So, um, you know, it was, a, it was a battle tonight. It was it was a close game, but, uh, you know, obviously they prevailed. But, like, uh, it was a high-scoring game. I didn't... Uh, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, um, but, um, you know, you step on the ice with a few of these guys, you got to expect some uh, potent scoring. So it's definitely impressed being on that side of it tonight with some, some of these guys. So, um, you know, just really looking forward to playing with these guys. We talked about the goal, but how did the legs and the lungs feel in your first game in a while? Yeah, uh, I hadn't skated in a while. I had a little twirl uh, the day after I got traded, but I was sitting stagnant for four or five days. So. Uh, uh, you know, just good to get it, get it under my belt. And um, there were a few shifts there where <laughs> lactic acid was building up. So, um, you know, thought uh, yeah, playing with uh, Ryan and um, Shorzy, they were buzzing. So um, they helped me out a lot. All right, that's Nick Bukestad. I set the line before the game for River Creek Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. 14 minutes over or under for his ice time. He played 13-17. It is under. John gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. So Bugstad tonight wearing number 72, two shots on goal, also credited with a hit. He went uh, 50% in the faceoff circle, one, five out of 10. Yeah, I thought he played well. Um, as Jay Woodcroft talked about, he put him in a, a bunch of different situations. He put him out, he was out with Connor, he's out six on five. He played a lot with... Uh, Shore and Ryan, and I thought that line was very good. Uh, Devin Shore made a nice play for the backdoor tap-in for Bukestad, but they did have a couple other good chances. So uh, when you go to a new team, you want to 
contribute quickly. You want to do something in a positive way for your new teammates. And again, scoring a goal in your first game with them will go a long way for the confidence uh, for him going forward. So a nice debut. Bukestad coming in as our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. 7-5. The Jets beat the Oilers. Big win for them. They go to 36-25 and 2 on the season. They're now keeping an eye on the Flames game against the Minnesota Wild. Minnesota win, uh, leads it 1-0 with four minutes left in the first period. Predators beat Chicago 3-1. Did you say Barry scored in that game? Tyson yeah, Barry Tyson. got his 11th. Yes, he did. Game winner, I believe. The Kings with an early goal. They're up 1-0 on the Blues. The game is not yet even four minutes old. Sabres beat the Lightning 5-3. Islanders knock off the Red Wings 4-1. Boston wins 4-2 against the Rangers. Stars pound the Avalanche 7-3. Capitals take it to the Sharks 8-3. A tirade by Sharks coach David Quinn got him tossed out of the game. Panthers beat the Penguins 4-1. The Canucks surprise the Maple Leafs 4-1. Senators beat the Blue Jackets 5-2. Oil Kings trailing Swift Current 3-0 after two at Rogers Place. Game two of the Canada West Hockey Final. Golden Bears up 4-0 on the Dinos after two. Dinos lead the best of three, 1-0. That's your scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. And here on 630 Chet, Oilers lose 7-5 to the Jets. Sir Robert is on the Certainty Hotline. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, and you know, as much as uh, as much as a lot of people would say, you know, Campbell this, Campbell that, Campbell was bad, Campbell didn't give us a chance. I think, I mean, I think he did. I don't. I mean, he wasn't good, but I don't think he was terrible either. Um, that being said, I think the, I think the, I think the team as a whole was. I don't know. I don't know if there was a little bit of fatigue, maybe, maybe, maybe showed up in their game. Obviously not in the first, but maybe, maybe as the game wore on, wore on, maybe they were starting to look a little tired. Uh, I guess maybe Rob, seeing as how he played, he can definitely uh, speak to that. Well, when Rob um, played, they didn't charter on back-to-backs. So they would have had to drive to Winnipeg themselves. No, we would. We would have got up yeah, at yeah. five in the morning, and then I would have sat in a middle seat with two connections. I don't think. I don't think fatigue was a factor because in the third period, the Oilers were by far the better team. So I don't think fatigue was a factor. I just think the Oilers' attention to detail in this game was not good defensively. I think there was work ethic. There was good battle. Uh, the offensive side of the game, they were very good. They just they gave up way too many grade-A scoring chances, and those games happen. And tonight, they didn't get the saves when they made the mistakes, but it was, I think, top to bottom defensively. This was not a good effort, starting with their best players and ending with their goaltender. All right, 7-5, Jets win it. It is a $500 donation to 630 Jets. Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, they give 100 bucks every time the Oilers score this season. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. You're still going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl. He had a hat trick in this loss for the Oilers. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. A minute to play, and a big hit on McDavid, and Nurse wants to fight Menelein, and he drops his gloves, and that might be two against Nurse. Nurse wanted to fight Menelein, and no takers. Wow. Now Lowry will fight him. This is a rematch, and Lowry's going to throw punches on Darnell Nurse. He has him right in front of the Jets' bench. 
But Nurse shakes off a couple of chopping rights, strings him out, and answers with a right of his own. Lowry and Nurse trading blows at center. Nurse stretches him out, lands a chopping right, missing with a right, and then landing a right was Adam Lowry, and the two tumble to the ice. Fistic fireworks at Canada Life Center. <laughs> you love Jack's call. It's our crunch of the game for Cougar Paint and Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Did he say fistic or fistric? <laughs> well, Where's Mark? Uh, Mark, Mark could have... He Mark. might be working right now. He might be out there keeping Edmonton safe uh, from fires, but uh, I think he did say fistic. Oh, fistic, okay. I think fistic. Um, <laughs> but then again, uh, a lot of times Jack says words that I have to Google to see what they mean because he either makes them up or he uses really, really big words. Either way, I've got to... Hard time sometimes figuring out what he's saying. He's too smart for us sometimes. Nurse did get an extra penalty there, and the, and the Jets scored the eventual game winner on the power play. 7-5, the Jets knock off the Oilers tonight. Edmonton now 34-22-8 on the season. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Gene. Hi, Gene. Hey, how's it going? It's good to hear your voice again. So, oh, where did I go? <laughs> no, like, I mean, it's been a while for... Since we last talked on 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 the open line, so okay, it's cool. Here, but yeah. So here's my take on tonight's game, though. Like, so although we made it really close to tonight's game, like, uh, I believe uh, I'm echoing the same same sentiments again. Like, loose defense. It actually came back again. Like, especially when we had the lead, and it kind of came back again. It actually hurt us in the game. Don't you agree with it? And Hopefully, it can be addressed on the following games as well. Well, no, well, yeah. it was it was a weak effort defensively. Yeah. And the Oilers, since Christmas, have had a couple of these nights. But for the most part, they've been much better defensively. Uh, every team has an off night. And if you look around, the, all you have to do is go on the scoreboard and look at all the different teams that played tonight. And uh, Washington scored eight tonight in their game. And uh, the other night, Pittsburgh got blown out. Uh, teams get blown out at times. Or teams have bad defensive nights. Tonight was Edmonton's short. It was Edmonton's night. They've got a couple games coming up against very good competition. They have to be better defensively because these teams are better than the Winnipeg Jets that they're about to play. So uh, the Oilers know what they did wrong. And I would imagine, just like they have in the past, they will rebound yeah. and have a much better defensive effort. Yeah, I mean, look, and it's still their Achilles heel. Yep. I mean, Ekholm doesn't... Ekholm helps. There's no doubt about that. But... But he's one guy. Yep. He's one guy out of 18 who, who play. So, yeah, they weren't... And, and they, uh, look, we... Well, I mean, uh, we criticized Campbell. Mm -hmm. He has to be better. He actually did make some good saves. Yeah. Especially in the second period. I mean, th that's the thing. There were, there were a lot of grade-A opportunities in this game, both ways. Now, the goalie's job is to stop it, whether it's a grade-D or a grade-A. But, yeah, it wasn't, a good, it wasn't a good defensive game, really by both teams. Yep. I mean, Mark Shifley had a great game. He assisted on Leon Dreisaitl's goal. <laughs> but, yep. you know, when you're the winning team, you talk a little bit less about your mistakes and more about what you did well. 7-5 Jets take it. We have Rocket as well. Hi, Rocket exactly it you talk about uh you know if you win you don't talk about about the mistakes but tonight campbell uh was clearly the uh culprit that cost the oilers two points there's no way around it and and you can say the oilers played bad defensively you can say whatever but eventually you got to get a save 
and you got a five million dollar goaltender and you got to get a save and i'm going to call a spade a spade i hope this guy comes around boys but tonight they needed him they didn't get him and where do you go like where where is your your mindset in the playoffs is it skinner number one well skinner well, skinner's the goalie right I mean, skinner's the skinner's the better goalie right now and if it continues that way skinner plays in the playoffs i mean i don't think it's even a debate yes it's I, I get all the concerns and we talked about this earlier in the season if campbell doesn't play better like if it's november 30th next year and we're still having this conversation that's Turned out to be a bad sign. Then it's even more concerning. Yep. But as far as playoffs, there's, what, 19 games, 18 games before the playoffs start. In those next 18, 19 games, uh, you'll be finding out who will be a starter in the first game, which seven defense or six defense play, where the guys will play in the lineup. It's not just goaltending that is auditioning right now mm-hmm. for the first playoff game, but that's the one everyone's interested in, and that's one that Skinner... Again, if the playoffs start tomorrow, Skinner would be your starter. Yep. Skinner's going to play on Tuesday, and if he has a really good start or a good start, he'll play the following game. I think these points are too important right now that the, I think the coaching staff's going to go with whichever goalie's playing better. As of late, it's certainly been Stuart Skinner. Well, and the thing is, with the way the Oilers score, I mean, this isn't the 96 Panthers where John Van Breesbrook <laughs> has to have a goals-against average of one and a half to get them into the playoffs. Like, the, like... Three and under. Honestly, if, if if an Oilers goalie allowed three goals a game, he would give them a chance. Yep, 100%. And, I mean, the last three games, so Skinner played, uh, led in three against Boston. They lost. Led in, what, two against the Leafs. They won. Three against Winnipeg. Three against Winnipeg. They, they won. won. Yep. Most nights, the Oilers are going to score four. So, yes, uh, I, I don't I don't think it's a concern, and I don't think the Oilers are concerned that if Skinner's their starter in game one. I don't think that bothers them as well, either. I think they got faith in them. All right, uh, whenever the Oilers goaltender comes up with a big stop, it is our save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Big game for Dreisaitl. Hat trick. Here he is. Leon, it seemed like every time you guys found the goal column, it's the Winnipeg Jets had a response almost immediately tonight. Uh, yeah, they played a good game. Um, but, you know, we, we obviously gave them way too many chances uh, for, for looks and, and scoring chances. So... Uh, yeah, they're obviously a good offensive team, so they'll, they'll capitalize. It was a fire wagon hockey both ways. Uh, I know it's no fun to lose, but fun to play while it's going on? You enjoy a game like that? Uh, no, not necessarily. Um, you know, we play to win and win the race to, to make the playoffs here, so um, I'd rather take a one nothing win. Hard not to be happy with your offensive output, putting up 11 goals in two games, but do you feel like maybe this game you got caught into a little bit of a track meet and baited uh, into yeah, it? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's not really the game that we want to play. Um, it's obvious that we can play that way, but that's not the style that we want to play. Um, so that's something to, to look at and, and obviously talk about and, and you know do, do a better job with, job with the next game. You guys pressed in the third. Did you get the early goal for Bukestad, and you had about 17 minutes to get the next one. And it's hard to believe something didn't go in with all the chances. You had. Yeah, we had we had a bunch of looks. Um, their goalie made made the right saves at the right time. So um, yeah, we had our chances, but obviously you don't you don't want to you know chase a sixth or, or a seventh goal. So um, yeah, just something to to clean up. Five should be enough. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, that's Leon Dreisaitl. Jets beat the Oilers 7-5. Our next game broadcast presented by Friesen Brothers is Monday, 4 o'clock face-off show. Game at 5.30 here on 6.30 Jet. Thanks to Angie Connell, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.